0: Hi, this is Pia Barancini, and welcome to Everything is the Best, the podcast where I get vulnerable and make others do it with me. The goal here is to deep dive into interesting people's journeys, finding common denominators, and hopefully making you feel not so alone. So let's laugh, let's cry, and let's get inspired to live our best lives. Hello, my darlings. Trinity is the founder of Goal, a brand centered around the vision that wellness and superfoods ought to be more approachable, inclusive, and fun. She and her partner have made this business profitable in just a few years, bootstrapping, packaging, Googling, borrowing, and basically just making it all happen themselves. Today, Gold is sold at Sephora, Urban Outfitters, Goop, Revolve, and Target. This conversation is refreshing and really what this podcast was intended for, having very real conversation about the sacrifices and tough decisions that lead to success. We discuss what it's like to have a business with your significant other, how hard it is to raise money, being a Black female founder and living with our mothers. Enjoy. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Huge fan. Super excited
1: to be here.
0: (laughs) Huge fan, especially now that I'm pregnant. And super clean with all my products. Yes, yours are all over my bathroom.
1: I love yeah. it. I love it. That makes me so happy.
0: <laughs> okay, I would like to know for those listening who don't know anything about you, your a
1: quick background. Where did you grow up? Et cetera. Et cetera. Yeah. Um well, hi, everyone. My mm-hmm. name is Muzon Wafford, and I am the co-founder and CEO of Gold. Um We're a wellness company powered by Superfoods. I grew up in upstate New York. I'm actually up here right now in the house that my mom lives in and my grandparents used to live in. So I'm like really taking it way back. <laughs> um, I was raised by a single parent with a pretty severe autoimmune disease, which is how I got into wellness in the first place. When I was a teenager, my mom switched over to you know seeing this more holistically minded doctor and saw this incredible improvement in her symptoms. And long story short, I decided that was going to be my career path. And I was like pre-med in college and all that. And then, you know, as I was kind of closing up my college career, my mom actually had to stop seeing that doctor because she couldn't afford it anymore, Mm -hmm. which like forced me to like pause and think on this piece of like wellness and what I really wanted to do in it and accessibility. Anyways, I feel like I just gave you like a really much longer answer to the question. That's um, not a long answer. That's really context. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, but that's the context that we need because you just touched on, which is like, I always say is like one of our you know, main issues in this fucking country is like, you're either like in the system of prescription medication, which is also like a wonderful gift to us, yes. but it comes with privilege even that even being able to have insurance. And then if that's not working for you, any other route is extremely isolating financially. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And noticing that as a young girl with empathy towards your mother is like a whole other layer that I can't imagine.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that that was just one of the most impactful experiences of my life. And I think it's shaped the way that I look at everything and how I can create more like just a a more equitable system, whether it's wellness or entrepreneurship or or whatever. But I think that was, that was what like sparked the wellness bug in me. But my grandmother was also like big wellness person and and my aunt too. I mean, they like were eating all organic and like, I grew up on almond butter. I actually... Which was like probably so weird at the time. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but like my, it's crazy because there's a health food store in the town that I grew up in town. I'm in now that my partner, Issei, his family, like his dad used to work there like back in the nineties. And so my family was always there. And so both of our families remember us as like little itty bitty babies in this health food store, which is just the only way that two wellness (laughs) founders can like come together, right?
0: (laughs) I love those old school wellness stores. They all have the same smell. Yes. And the same product. It's so comforting. There was one kid I went to elementary school with who had an autoimmune disease, really young. And I remember going with her and her mom to like Granny's Pantry. It's still there. Now I go there. But it was like weird. Granny's Pantry? Yeah, that's what it's called. And she right. had like rice milk and like all these like alternative things. And I was like, that's so weird. Like it was like mind blowing to me. Meanwhile, I was making myself so sick. Right. <laughs> Eating regular dairy for a year. Right. Right. Totally. I love that you guys were both in there. Yeah. So where did you go? You, you were pre-med in college?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was a nerd. <laughs> Um, um, I went to NYU. I was pre-med there. Oh, wow. Um, I was pre-med with a psych major cause I, cool. I know, it seemed fun and yeah, I had like full intentions of going off to med school and, and kind of, you know, taking things from there. But then once I realized that that wasn't really the path that made the most sense for me, just from like an accessibility perspective. And also I was just starting to feel this hesitation around like spending that much time in school mm-hmm. and and like completely losing sight of like any opportunity for creativity um mm-hmm. like it just felt like that was getting further and further away from me i graduated i didn't know what to do and i kind of fell into a marketing career at a tech startup in the city cuz that's like where people were going at the time and i really liked it and i think that was kind of that like piece that also kind of brought the entrepreneurship thing up for me was okay like working at a small startup is actually really fun and like this is something that you mm-hmm. could do one day and it also just kind of helps me build some of those marketing chops
0: well the marketing that you do for your brand is gorgeous <laughs> and charming <laughs> and like watching milk get slowly stirred into matcha is yeah. like so soothing yes. i mean you really have both sides of your brain which yeah. is very cool
1: I feel like I have like nothing left of my brain though. Like I just, I feel like it's been squeezed out and I'm just like, I don't know. I'm hoping to like reemerge as a fully for like, (laughs) like at the end of this year.
0: All right. So you started off January with a bang, hit all your resolutions. Maybe you didn't drink for a while and now it's the middle of February and you have fallen off. I'm here to give you a little bit of a solution or tell you what I do to kind of jumpstart a little bit of a lifestyle change or, you know, maybe be more mindful about what you're putting into your body. And I do that often with Saqqara. Saqqara is a wellness company rooted in the transformative power of plant-based food. If you follow me on Instagram, you see that I use their prenatal. I do the meals all the time and I use tons of their supplements. They're organic. Ready-to-eat meals are made with powerful plant-rich ingredients, and they're designed to boost your energy, improve your digestion, and get your skin glowing. The menu of creative chef-crafted breakfast, lunch, and dinners changes weekly, so you'll never get bored. And it's delivered fresh anywhere in the U.S. You literally wake up and there is a new delivery of delicious food just waiting for you on your doorstep. Along with the delicious plant rich meals, Sakara also offers daily wellness essentials for optimal nutrition. Sakara's supplement packs, called the Foundation, and their Metabolism Super Powder deliver support for gut health, energy, immunity, and healthy skin. I'm telling you, the Metabolism Super Powder is my go to powder, and it's chocolatey and delicious. Sakara has received rave reviews from Vogue, Goop, the New York Times, and more. And right now, Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when they go to sacara.com slash best or enter code best at checkout. That's Sakara S-A-K-A-R-A dot com slash best to get 20% off your first order. Sakara.com slash best.
1: Hi. I'm Dom Roberts, a designer, creative, and activist living in Los Angeles. This is the Uncomfortable Podcast, a show where I speak with new friends, fellow activists, and guests all united and passionate about different injustices or just generally uncomfortable topics. It's time to dig deep into the human experience, and that's on period. It's all love. Let's get uncomfortable. Well, what
0: was the impetus? Like what was that definitive moment where you were like, okay, it's time for me to go out
1: on my own? How long were you at the tech startup for? A couple of years, and I think I I knew the whole time that I wanted to have my own business, and I was always like thinking of ideas, and I had like my little notebook of ideas, and I knew I wanted to do something, but I was really trying to figure out what it was going to be, and I had like no like significant aspirations for it. Like my whole idea was like, I think I could pay my rent off of this. Like I could just like you know, do something fun. I could spend more time with my partner and like do something with him and and we could pay rent. That was the whole goal. And that's amazing. Well, I just I mean, we were like twenty three at the time, you know, like we like I didn't And paying I, your rent is such a big like to think you could pay
0: your rent. Like when once you have that coverage, you're like, I'm yeah. killing.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And like, you know, we were used to being poor college students. So it was like not that crazy to like go back to like the ramen noodle lifestyle for a while. (laughs) So, okay, when did we decide to do it? Well, I think. Basically, I was looking at my experiences as a consumer in the wellness space and I was feeling kind of caught between like the crunchy granola stuff from like our mm-hmm. health food store um, that I had grown up with. And then this next wave of offerings that felt so prestige that like the messaging didn't always resonate with me. And, and frankly, I just couldn't really afford it. So I was very centered on this idea of like, how can we take wellness and make it more easy and approachable and like, most importantly, fun. Mm -hmm. for like this next generation of consumer who is really motivated to build out their self-care routine but is still kind of looking for that brand to champion in the space. So that was kind of the the inspiration. We worked on it while we were at our full time jobs. We launched it while we were at our full time jobs Mm -hmm. and we did like it was what was he doing? (laughs) So Issei was he was working at like a fashion tech startup. It was all like, like literally like every job you could get was either like consulting. or yeah. <laughs> So he was at this fashion startup that was doing like custom menswear. But Issei is like, he's such a natural creative. We met in high school, actually, like even mm. like we, you know, our families had known each other, but we didn't meet until we were 17. because so we were both in this like pre pre-med program for nerds who like wanted to be doctors, which is, Hilarious now because Issei is such a like, his parents were certain that he was going to like become a sculptor and just like live in their basement and just do <laughs> all the time. And somehow he like wanted to be a doctor and they were like, okay, like this doesn't really add up with like your skill set or your personality, but like we support you. Mm-hmm. So he had that background, but like his natural tendency is just like, creativity and creation. And he grew up an old school family business. His parents have a candle factory that they started cool. out of their garage like 25 years ago. And so I think he kind of had that, that background, but then also just this like natural, like sense for design and photography and all that. And so he just kind of like, just kind of started making the product together yeah. and having fun. <laughs>
0: I love that so much. Wait, while we're on this topic, how is it having a business with
1: your love partner? Um, it's the best, honestly. I mean, but, <laughs> I, love that. Know, I get this question a lot and I'm curious how, because I think you and David do some stuff together too, right? Yeah, but it's, it's, yeah. it's not... <laughs> <there's>
0: <laughs> 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 you're your automatic it's
1: great it's not my not my same feeling <laughs> well I mean I think that it's not easy and I think that it takes a lot of discipline and there have been times when I felt that it wasn't working and yeah. I think that's a given but I don't know I think there's no one else that I would do it with Totally. which is the thing. Like I, I think about like people who go into business with their friends and I'm like, Oh God, no. Like I could, ne- I can't, mm-hmm. I love all of my friends so much. And I can't think of a single one I would ever go into business with. And I feel like it's such an intimate relationship yes. that like the more, I don't know, it just works for certain partnerships and for others it doesn't. And I think if you are thinking about like going into business with someone, like sometimes we get questions from folks who are like, should I go into business with my significant other? And I always tell them like, if you have to ask, you already know. And like, that's okay. And it's like no reflection on your relationship, but you know, it's not for everyone.
0: No. And it's a lot of, I mean, I think also, I think it's different because like, I also have my own stuff. So I think there, he's a lot of like, well, you already have that. And so I don't want to, yeah. or like, I don't want to do that Rob, because, but more so, he'll be like, what do you think about this? Even like with Instagram, he'll be like, should I post this? And I'll be like, I don't think so. And he'll be like, well, I'm going to post it. And I'm like, then why the fuck did you ask me? And he's, like, <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, because you're not seeing my vision. And I was like, I'm seeing your vision, but I'm also telling you to trust that I know Instagram better than you do because you got it like yesterday. You know what I mean? And so, and then he'll like, he'll like put his tail between his legs and then he'll be like, all right, I'm not going to do it. Like it always ends up fine, but there is definitely, but that also is very much our relationship. So I think like mm-hmm. how you handle personal things in your relationship mm-hmm. is just going to translate to those like little moments at work. And it's a, just a matter of like, you know, being a little bit graceful and not letting it get too far. And and yeah. I think it is very helpful. It must be very nice for you because you know him so deeply that you know yeah. what to ask, what not to ask, what you could do on your own, what he needs to be involved in,
1: all yeah. that kind
0: of stuff. Right.
1: I mean, it's taken four years to get there, you know, and we've been <laughs> yeah. in a relationship for 10 years. So like, it's, I, I don't think it's something that like, you know, it takes a while to understand like what your strengths are, what that person's Mm -hmm. strengths are, and like when, like who gets to make the final call on what. I feel like we've got a good rhythm now, but like, yeah, totally. It takes time. Also,
0: what you're doing is essentially new. Like all of these new, this like wave of entrepreneurship Mm -hmm. is new. There are no rules who knows what the best decisions are to make? Like you are creating your own path. And so there's not like a rule book to follow Mm -hmm. by any means. Like you guys are having to make these like probably very intense decisions together.
1: Oh my god. Yeah, constantly. And you know, a lot of them are around growth and you know, what opportunities we should jump on and and you know, what we should hold off on and you know, should we go out and raise like 5 million dollars for the business tomorrow and like try to like, you know, build the next like unicorn startup or like are we just continuing to like build this little like small business that we started with? And that's been crazy because like we didn't make that decision when we started, you know, like we literally like, I don't know, we're just going to do something fun. See what happens. Um, and then it started to grow. And I don't say that to like minimize all the like intentionality that went into getting the business to where it is today. But that like, I didn't like, I didn't have a plan. We didn't have a plan. We just kind of were rolling with it. Yeah. And so there were definitely moments where we were kind of like, uh, you know, maybe he thought we should go in one direction. I thought we should go in another. And That can be tough, like when you feel like you're at those inflection points um, and there's no like right answer and you just have to make a call, especially because I think, you know, I sit more on that kind of like traditional like CEO, you know, seat of like, I'm the one that's like more in the financial model, whereas like Issei is more the one who's like on the creative front and just has like a really good gut sense for business. Mm -hmm. So the types of businesses that we are each best suited to scale are a little bit different. So totally. like trying to figure out like where we meet has been. Well, it's fun. probably essentially a very
0: good balance because imagine if there was two of you or two of him. Weird, yeah, definitely. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Do you find that those moments are perhaps like bringing a better line of communication into your own personal relationship?
1: Yeah. You know, I checked in with Issei on this recently because someone had, like a friend had just been like, how how are you guys doing? Like, how are you, you know, how are you feeling? And I was like, Issei, how are you feeling? Like, how are we doing in our relationship? And he was like, I think we're pretty good. I, <laughs> I think we're kind of like the best that we've been in a while, honestly. Like, I think that we've moved through a lot of those big existential questions of like, what kind of business are we building? What kind of life are we building? Right. Mm-hmm. And I think we've something of a happy medium to feel confident in where it's like, okay, we're building a little bit more than like a small artsy business, but like, we don't have to like, just kind of jump onto this like framework of like how Mm. a business should look. Um, and I think feeling that out, I don't know, it's kind of like, you know, figuring out who you are. Right. And like the mm-hmm. self-discovery thing, like, I think you have that in a relationship, you have that in a business and it just literally takes time and it takes frustration. And eventually, I mean, I don't think we've solved it, but I think we're just at a place where we feel really good about what we both provide to each other in the relationship and like business wise.
0: So nice. <laughs> I mean, think it's,
1: it's, so it's so beautiful. Okay, it's it's nice to about. hear. Yeah. <laughs>
0: at least for now, lean into it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Taking your collagen every day does not have to be boring. Reimagine your journey to better health and glowing skin with Collagen Beauty Complex, the refreshing supplement your happy hour and beauty routine was missing. Spore's research believes in using the best ingredients so you can have total peace of mind about what you're putting into your body. Meet your skin's hero squad. Collagen Beauty Complex is the first collagen of its kind to feature red-orange complex, hyaluronic acid, vitamin C, and biotin. All of my favorite things. It's a major winning combo formulated to support a more youthful appearance. Collagen Beauty Complex is vital to help support The health of your skin, hair, nails, and connective tissues. As we get older, our bodies naturally begin to produce less collagen, and the first signs of aging start to occur. That's why myself, my husband, and my mama all take collagen every day. Sports Research Collagen Beauty Complex tastes so much better than any other collagen out there. Many products claim to be, but Sports Research Collagen Beauty Complex powder is truly third party certified and non-GMO verified. Offered in a variety of flavors, my favorite being Watermelon Yuzu, Sports Research Collagen Beauty Complex can be added to your favorite mocktail, water, coffee, and smoothies. Play your collagen right with Sports Research Collagen Beauty Complex. We have a special offer for our listeners. If you go to sportsresearch.com and use code everything at checkout right now, you'll get 30% off site-wide. It's the perfect time to sample the entire Collagen Beauty Complex lineup. That's 30% off site-wide at sportsresearch.com slash everything with code everything at checkout. When did you launch? What were your first products? Mm-hmm. Tell us about the about the the brand, because it's, yeah. I did a thing for Revolve where I did like, here are my favorite clean masks. And I was like, there's five ingredients in here. And like, it's spirulina yes. and chlorella. And I was like, we could, I could put this in my smoothie. Like, this yeah. is the best shit ever.
1: Yes. 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 Um, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. That's my, my favorite product. So, We launched in January of 2017, officially. We launched with one product. We launched with our turmeric latte blend. We were, you know, we designed the packaging ourselves, did the photography ourselves. We didn't know what we were doing. Like we hired our friend to help us and then we kind of like took it from there. We were literally just like trying to figure out how to open up like Adobe Creative Suite. Um, We figured it out. (laughs) (laughs) We were like mixing up the product by hand. In the beginning, we were like shipping out every order ourselves And we did that while we were at our full-time jobs in Brooklyn for a little while. Then our lease was up and we couldn't afford to pay rent. And my mom was upstate. She was getting ready to like sell her house upstate. She was moving into this house because my grandmother was there and she was going to go stay with my grandmother and help her. And I called her up and I was like, mom, don't sell your house because Issa and I are going to move in to try to scale our superfood business and (laughs) we agreed to it for like some reason. So we moved in and we, it was actually a really hard decision though. Like I, I, you know, I had like just graduated from NYU. I had this like nice startup job. I had like started this business and like moving back home and like moving upstate, um, like I didn't want to do that, but it ended up being like one of those moments of like, know when you're lucky and being able to not pay rent for a few months and just like focus heads down on that and get it to the point where like, we still really couldn't afford to pay rent, but we were willing to go back down to the city and make it work. Mm -hmm. So a few months later, we went back to the city. We signed our lease in Brooklyn and we stayed in Brooklyn up until, you know, very recently with the pandemic and just, just worked and paid ourselves nothing and took out $50 a week for the farmer's market to feed ourselves and like didn't even buy socks (laughs) and just had a lot of fun. And we were always stressed out about money, but we always found a way to pay the rent. And yeah, you always do.
0: was it? And so how did you get people to learn about the product? I mean, like, and then how did you scale that? And then what was the second product? And how did you even learn where to like get the product from? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> um you, know, you have matcha- such high quality ingredients thank you the matcha is just no uh, I know. It's just I know. Cre- even just with water it's just yes. you know what matcha is so good because it's creamy yes yes it's yes just doesn't even need almond
1: milk <laughs> <laughs> like a little honey in there um, um so the matcha is funny. And that was like a relatively recent launch of ours because we like got... So, you know, Issei is Japanese. He was born there. He's half Japanese. And we got his mom's seal of approval on the matcha, which was like not an easy thing. To do. <laughs> He's like, you're going to launch matcha? Why? Do Americans <laughs> like that? And we're like, yeah, Americans love it. Like we could really create a great matcha. And like, it's great that like Issei has his heritage and we can really tell the story. And she's like, Okay. <laughs> So we're like, okay, we like, we got something good. She still laughs though, because like the like Japanese way of making a matcha is like with like a very small amount of powder with like, what, you know, it's like a thin tea that you're just doing with, with water. And she like sees people on our Instagram like doing like, heaping <laughs> tablespoons. <laughs> All <milk> just... <laughs> yeah, it's the American way to fuck shit up. Yeah, I mean, you know, like as as we do, um, <laughs> but but with much appreciation and for for the heritage. But the way that we got the word out first was kind of a mix of things. So first of all, we like we did retail from day one. Oh, and, you did. Yeah, which is very uncommon for brands in our generation. Like like we usually get kind of like lumped in with like the D 2 C exclusive brands, but we. Didn't I mean we didn't have any budget? We couldn't like do ads. We didn't even know how ads worked. So yeah, I still don't um, even know how those. <laughs> <was. laughs> so we were like, well, if you put the product on and a shelf, a and it, <laughs> like, oh, okay, so there were two places in New York that we launched at Chill House, um, the Lower East Side, mm-hmm. It's like a wellness studio, like nails and everything, and then we launched at a cafe called the Elk um, in the West Village. And oh, those the- are both the most perfect first places to launch. My God. Yeah. Yeah. So if you, yeah, exactly. Like if you know them, you know, like that was that those are the places to be. And so we launched with this like beautiful packaging and we were in the right places. And like, we were in there as like, I have been helping Chill House to open up and, and Mm. so we got the product on shelf there. And then Cindy, the founder was like, this is awesome. Like, I'm also going to intro you to my friend, Claire, who owns Elk. And so she was the one that helped us get into like our, these like first two retail points. And so Chill House had just opened. And like, meanwhile, like, you know, like Bella Hadid is like walking through and like, so suddenly everyone who's like on the wellness scene in New York feels like they're seeing our brand around Mm because we're like on these shelves. And I think that basically that plus showing up on Instagram, because this was still like the era in which you could do that, just like show up and like take some pictures. And maybe the third thing was like telling our story. And this was where Issei really had to push me of like, go out there. Like you are the only black woman in the wellness space that's like leading like a CPG brand, like get out there and tell your story. And mm-hmm. like people need to hear it. And I didn't realize how important that was. But I think those three things allowed us to start gaining some momentum. And it was slow. Like our first year, like we did not do a lot in sales. I think we got a lot of visibility, but yeah. we were still like very, very small. But that's how we started to pick up. That's like a
0: brilliant start. And I do think a lot of people put pressure on themselves to go straight, Direct to consumer, and it doesn't work for everybody. It's too, yeah. you, and, and when people do that, I'm like, you're rich, you have money somehow. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, I see you. Like, who, like, literally, like, how are you paying? That was like the theme of this podcast I was like, well, how did you go from like zero to yacht? Like, you're just <laughs> rich somewhere.
1: Well, that's the really messed up thing that I've found also in like pitching a lot of investors is like, they've been rich since day one. And then they're investing in founders that have been rich since day one. they're all homies. How do I break (laughs) into this? You can't. And that's the whole system. And it's like, so, it's so frustrating to me. And it's like, you know this, right? Like, you know this, but then you see it, you really, really see it. And like, every investor is like, yeah, like I... I, you know, invested in this company and this person also invested in my company. I'm like, wait, they also invested back in your how they you are use?
0: all incestual with each other's companies. It's yes. the most insane thing. Yes. But my husband gets so pissed all the time because we <laughs> only raised, we raised like a hundred thousand from family friends, all for equity. Wow. And, yeah. And that's and nothing. You no. Know, and and he had got a retailer right away. And so still so it's like three years and like He's still just like, you know, we're like struggle city over here with his brand, even though it's like doing It's so beautiful. We like have products, and I really do think it's like about to explode. But he hasn't raised any money. We're like putting together a deck, and he's like ESL, so he doesn't know how. Anyway, the whole funny thing is that he keeps saying to me, he'll like hear about other brands, and then we'll find out. I'll be like, oh, well, look at blah, blah, blah. Like they started from nothing, and now, yes. and, now and then, and then we'll find out that like blah, blah, blah's dad is like, so-and-so and And, and he's always like everybody is rich but me everybody's (laughs) got a rich dad (laughs) like only the rich get rich in this country (laughs) i'm like it's happening i promise you you." but that is this is like a very hard moment when you realize that, like, how do you, if we, you truly want to raise money and scale your business, like, how, where do you even begin to break in with investors? Yeah,
1: yeah, Nobody talks st- about that. Yeah, it's it's stacked against you, but I think that one of the biggest things that I've found is like, it just building a business takes two things: it takes money and it takes time, mm-hmm. and you get to decide how you're going to like level those things out like are you going to like leverage like a ton of money to do it in a short amount of time or are you going to leverage time to do it with like not that much money absolutely and those are
0: literally the oh those are time. the two options that's like how what you have to figure out when you launch
1: yeah well i mean like we're 4 years old like if we had started with like venture capital financing from day 1 we should be getting acquired by now which i think is crazy Um, it's crazy. What a crazy turtle. How are you supposed to know who you are as a brand? It's too fast. It's not sustainable. It's not like, I think there are so few examples. And I think we'll see this over the next decade where Mm -hmm. like that actually creates lasting brand equity and what's happening, which is so disturbing. And like, no one's really talking about it is like founders are saying like, okay, I want to make a quick buck. So like, I'm going to get funding for this business. I'm going to get paid the whole while. I'm going to have this equity and I, you know, I'll dilute myself, but I'll keep like 10 to 20%. I'll sell it off. And I don't care what happens with it. Cause I'm just going to sell it off. And it's just going to become more junk that gets acquired by like a big strategic. And like, I'm going to like work at that strategic as the like chief, whatever officer mm-hmm. for like one year. And then I'm out. And it's like, you've just created more Garbage you know you just mm-hmm. like flipped an idea it's mm-hmm. it's like it's not and there's nothing wrong with scaling your business. there's nothing wrong with exiting to the right strategic whatever, but like there's just the way that it's happening now on this like fast track is not creating like any value for us as a society no
0: it's instagram it's instagram's like quick fix of like instant gratification and yeah. in, like. Large scale in like business form. Yeah. And I think it's pretty wild. I (laughs) I watch it happen constantly. I'm like, well, there goes that. Well, that's going to (laughs) get thinking like that. Well, that's not going anywhere. Well, that person is now Mm -hmm. 30 and a gazillionaire. It's like so funny how that happens. My husband just opened the door, let all the dogs in. (laughs) (laughs) Good luck getting all of these dogs out of this room. (laughs) <laughs> he just opened the door and saw we were recording. <laughs> <laughs> She's never <laughs> yeah, like, he's begging for the dog to come to him. She's not going oh. anywhere. No, <laughs> no, go to daddy, honey. Go, go get go. It's okay, anyway. Um, I do think that this is a very important conversation because we had this conversation. I've had this many times, but especially with my husband, when he launched his brand, he was like, I, he's like, I want this to be like our family business. Yeah. I want this to be very slow. And I'm always, and it was hard for me because I'm sure we're, I mean, I think I'm a little bit older than you, but we're around the same age. So I came into this world, like, now, 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 fast, 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 like, like, how much can I make? Like, how much product can we make? Like, how fast can we grow the company? What are the best hires we can get to get Mm -hmm. the attention of VCs so we can, like, all of that. And with him, he he was so like, I want to launch with like three sweaters. And then, like, maybe next year we'll do a song. And I was Mm -hmm. like, What? (laughs) we're going to die.
1: <laughs> but America now I,
0: now I get it. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. I, and I believe in it and I see it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how many products do you guys have at this point?
1: I don't know. I actually was asked that question and <laughs> I was like, I haven't counted. I'm not sure. I think it's 12. In fact, I told the person 12. So I think that's it. Like okay. I counted it roughly on my hands, but we have three superfood yeah. latte blends. Um, so good. The, the order that we launched them. So we have three latte blends: the um, original turmeric, the matcha turmeric, and the cacao turmeric. And what
0: and was part of my interruption? What was the impetus behind that being your for like? Because there's so many ways you could enter this category. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but what was that? Why were you like a turmeric blend or like
1: a drink well, blend? Humeric was really exciting to me because it's so anti-inflammatory. And so Mm -hmm. my mom had seen a really impressive difference in, in, you know, her symptoms with using it. And then I started like getting, I would buy it at the farmer's market when they had it fresh and like juice it. And I found it was so good for my skin and it was so good for my immune system. By the way, I have a trash immune system and I'm convinced it's because I was a C-section baby. Um, At least that's what I've been told but like I, I like, which is podcast conversation.
0: Yeah, because you're supposed to take gauze and stick it up your mom's vagina and rub it all over your body. And I always Weird. tell yeah. my C-section friends to do that. and They look at me like I'm a freak. And I was like,
1: no. Yeah, that was not done to me. Um, and they didn't even think was, to do that, of course. Yeah, yeah, I know. That was like when they would just like schedule you in. But so I loved turmeric for that reason. the other piece that I really liked about it was that it was like somewhat like, I think Americans were like somewhat familiar with it, but like it was still a little bit new. Mm-hmm. For them. So there was an opportunity for education. And I think the other piece was that it was affordable. You know, it wasn't this mm. like really kind of like strange, impossible to pronounce, impossible to source thing that we found from like the depths mm. of the ocean that like was <laughs> like a hundred dollars an ounce. Like I think that piece of accessibility was there. And as far as like the exact product, I mean, part of it was just like the limitations of what we could do, right? Like we didn't have the resources to develop like a fancy pill oh, mm-hmm. with, like, props or something like that. Like it needed to be powders that we could literally mix up by hand, stick in a pouch and sell. And it needed to be shelf stable. And so I think that those limiting factors were very much behind like what became the first product, but then they Kind of became a part of our DNA, and I loved this idea of working with powders because you know it means that we can use ingredients that are really high quality, um, and we don't have to pack it with like all these weird preservatives, mm-hmm. and we don't have to like charge an arm and a leg for stuff. So we had the latte blends that we started with. Then the next what the next thing was the face masks, um, which I always get the question of like, how did you go from like turmeric lattes to skincare, and I actually was just dealing with really bad acne. I was about to and, say, turmeric
0: is so good. I mean, for hip, like hippie kids, like put turmeric on your
1: face. Yep. 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 And so I was having these, like, I was breaking out like from my jaw, like all the way down my neck and I couldn't figure out what was up. I moved like from upstate back to the city, like the pollution mm. was getting to me. I think the stress was getting to me, whatever, like I tried everything. I tried the natural. I tried the unnatural. I didn't care. Like I just Mm -hmm. wanted my skin clear again. And out of desperation, I started raiding Gold's product development cabinet of like superfood powders and just like slapping it on my face to see what would happen. And it was an early like version of the clean greens mask where I used it and I washed it off. And like that day, I can't remember that day or the next day, whatever. But Issei was like, your skin looks different. What did you do? And so I just kept like, Putting stuff on my skin and I literally cleared up my acne. I'll send you the picture because it's crazy. Oh my gosh! and the formulas just turned out so well that we're like, okay, well these should be gold products. Like they work. That's I, that's so cool because usually it's like, oh,
0: it wasn't until I found like this functional medicine doctor and like cleaned <laughs> my microbiome that I got rid of my acne.
1: Well, yeah, I literally was just desperate. Um, and I still break out if I don't use the masks enough. Like I, unfortunately, it, like, it's not cumulative. Like if I stop using them for a few weeks, I like get those breakouts again. So I don't know. And you just mix yours sure with water, right? Yeah, I just mix it with water. I mean, you can do, you can do little drops of face oil. I really like, have you ever used um, supernal face oil? No. Oh, yes, I have. The green one? Yeah, the green one. Yes.
0: Also Manuka honey works really well with your powders too. Ooh, I love honey. Yeah. If you need to like heal if I have like an open Mm -hmm.
1: wound.
0: (laughs) Which happens often. So how many retailers are you guys in now?
1: I also don't know the answer to that question. (laughs) I think it's over a hundred like little indie retailers because we have so many fun partners like that that are just like honestly the best. But the big news is that we just launched at Target last week. And which, what did that feel like? Oh my God. It's just, it's, it's so good. It's <laughs> so special and Target's the best. Like I, we've worked with a lot of retailers and Target has been so supportive and so awesome. And you know, when we we didn't know like how we were going to be merchandised or anything and seeing it on the shelf for the first time and seeing we were like on the top shelf and there's like a little like shelf talker thing with like my face on it. Like, telling <laughs> the story. I was just like, Oh my God. So it's been really, really cool. And it's just been neat to like get these new super aid products out into the world. And like, I think just approach the whole idea of gold, like from this more like mass opportunity and like real accessibility and and really just like letting everyone in on the conversation i think that's been the coolest thing of like having a big retail launch i think it's also the perfect
0: time it very much seems like health and wellness is now a common conversation amongst society in general, rather than it being such like an elitist topic, people like you have made it accessible to everybody. Your products Mm -hmm. are insanely affordable. So I always love talking about them because everyone's like, thank you. This is very much (laughs) within my budget, (laughs) (laughs) which is is so nice. So, I mean, you're literally bringing like education and health to the masses. I mean, what does that even feel like? And as a black woman, a like young I black woman, <laughs> <laughs> like, hello, oh my god, Um, think about I'm all not- the little black girls in Target who are like, she looks like me.
1: Also, can I just say, like, it's such a like the internet is such a funny and annoying place. And that like, I shared a photo of my like little sister at Target like shopping the Super Aids, and was like, I think I said something like you know, this is, you know, just a reminder to like every little brown girl that the world is like a thousand percent yours for the taking. And someone comments and it's like, why can't it be 10,000% for like every little black girl? And I was like, what the fuck? Like, I, <laughs> I can I? damn it. You no, know, you can't, like, you can't, they, can't live. They, can't. <laughs> they don't like the internet does not rest. Like, they're just like, what can I find that is wrong? That like you misspoke. I'm like, I lit. that's what I said. Uh, you're like, I'm literally not doing the work. I'm doing, <laughs> fixing the problems. <laughs> right. And like, I don't think like <laughs> fixing every problem, but like, yeah. Doing like- a damn good job. I'm. I'm trying. I think I'm always open to constructive feedback on how we can do better. I think there are always ways to improve, and the world is just moving so quickly now that I think like we all have learning opportunities. Um, mm-hmm. But the internet, like, it's just getting a little bit weird lately. Where like people are so ready. to
0: <laughs> <laughs> We can't read it, and you can't. You can't care about it because uh, you can't. It's. It's and it's impossible not to. But you gotta it's let it roll so off your back.
1: It, yeah. it, it makes
0: me spiral too. Yeah. I read a comment the other day that it, and for like three hours, I was like, oh my God. And I couldn't. And then I was like, what? I'm fine. I'm doing it. I, and then you know what you oh. need to think to yourself? So it's just great is mm-hmm. like, you're automatically a step ahead because you would never, ever go out of your way no! to make a comment like that ever to anyone. Right. So you're winning just there.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like it just triggers these very like existential moments for me of not even so. I mean, yes, there is the piece of just like personally spiraling of like, why did this person say this to me? Is this like, is this what I'm putting out in the world? Whatever. Mm -hmm. But then there's also just this piece of like, what's happening to society? Like, where are we going? Why are we the way that we are canceling people as of late has been so disturbing to me. And I really like, I want to ask this question of like, what are we each individually trying to achieve by like being the thousandth person to comment on someone's post and being like yeah you are a dumbass? Like
0: what what do you hope I don't I don't know what that mob mentality I don't know what that Yeah, I don't and does that make you feel better? Like it what is- do you
1: want that person to do with that like one extra layer mm. of like trash that you're throwing at them, regardless of what they did. Like, listen, people mess up and sometimes people do like legitimately terrible things. And like, I think there are always opportunities for feedback. And like, if someone does something messed up and you want to let them know, send them a message and be like, dude, I'm disappointed. Like, or like also just unfollow them and like remove that power. And then they disappear,
0: which is also crazy. I my phone broke on Saturday and I didn't (laughs) have it for until Wednesday night. And I wasn't in a rush to get, you know, there's no Apple stores open. So I was like, Oh, this is, I was like, my phone's not working. And my husband was like, Oh my God. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> like, what are you to do? And I was like, I I think I'm fine. I think I'm just gonna order another one in like a chill, not rushed way. And like get the <laughs> phone when it comes here. And I was like very enjoyable for those few days. And yeah. I was like, oh yeah, I forget that it all just goes away if you don't look at it, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's like it doesn't, it's saying you're just being concerned about yourself, which is very nice.
1: Yeah, word. I think I like took a different, I don't know. I don't remember what your question was. I felt the need to just like talk about. Oh,
0: good. Like you know, this is an open space for you to <laughs> speak about whatever you need to. And I <laughs> And I have been in the depths of the internet with those types of things. So mm-hmm. I understand completely. What are your Oh first of all actually I'm just curious do you guys have how many do you have employees or is it still just Yeah. Me?
1: How we many have employees you? And I love them all so much. Oh. I feel like <laughs> I'm so I have such mom vibes. Um like I can't help it. I was like a, I was an RA in college like a freshman dorm. <laughs> you were <laughs> And it has been Okay so it's actually interesting because up until like a year ago, it was just myself and Issei and Maitreya, who's our community manager, who started mm-hmm. with us as an intern and just like became, became like our right-hand woman. And then all of a sudden we just needed more people. We started mm-hmm. growing. And so now I like, I also don't know the answer to this question. How many people are on the team? I'm like, I think it's seven or eight. Well, including myself. was the last time you even saw them. Yeah. But they're the best. I just it's so cool to have other people believe in your stuff as much as you do. And mm. I feel like when you have I I used to have a lot more low moments like in the first couple of years of having the business because it's just like it's just you in the business and like I feel like your ego gets caught up in it a lot and like what do you want? But then like once you have a team it's like you're building towards something more and you can kind of take a little bit of yourself out of it. Mm -hmm. And it's really lovely. I
0: love that.
1: Yeah. So that's my favorite part now.
0: Oh, but you haven't, obviously you haven't seen anyone in a long time.
1: No, no. I literally like half the team I've never met. Um, (laughs) But, you know, I mean, you really get to know someone over, like, Zoom and phone of course. calls. You know, like, you have these, like, weekly calls with people. And, like, you watch them grow as, like, human beings and professionals. And it's very special.
0: And where are you guys going next? What is your... Do you have more product launches?
1: <laughs> <laughs> we have... um two more products up our sleeve for this year and then I think we're done. I mean, there might be like more fun little stuff, like merch kind of stuff, but I don't think we're going to launch anything else that's like a new product. The merch is great, by the way.
0: Even the frother that I have is like the strongest frother. <laughs> we go through frothers like so quickly over here. It's like the best frother
1: ever. Incredible. Yeah, no. Super. Was, I was almost worried it was too strong, but I feel like once you get used to it... <laughs> It's great. But yeah, a couple new products and killing it at Target and just like continuing to build out the community. I think like that's been Mm -hmm. also a really special part of it. So I'm excited to keep working on that.
0: Well, I'm so happy for you.
1: Oh, thank you.
0: And your man. (laughs) (laughs) And your mom, because I'm sure she feels like a part of the team too. You guys are all together. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, where can people find you?
1: People can find us um, on the internet. Gold.co is our website. Um, you can find us on Instagram at Gold, and I'm at Trinity Musan.
0: Wonderful. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for this.
1: Thank you, Pio. So much fun. See ya. Bye.
0: And that, ladies and gentlemen, concludes this week's episode of Everything is the Best. I hope you enjoyed it please rate, review, subscribe, all that stuff. Maybe leave a comment. But remember, shitty comments are for shitty people. Go ahead and follow me on Instagram at Pia Barancini, And I hope you have a fabulous, fabulous rest of your day. Love you. Ciao.